What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode, a classic episode of Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with story, plot twist, spoilers, and hard egg boilers. I'm Adrian, as always, here with my co-host, co-pilot, uh, co-captain, Polly Paul. Uh, let's get Big Facts and let's get no cabin. For all the things that you said I was to you, Life Partner wasn't among the list. No. Wow. You weren't there from day one. You weren't in that operating room. I don't think that's what people mean when they say Life Partner. <laughs> I assume that means you're there for the whole life. <laughs> okay, okay. I don't I don't think that's right, but you know what? I, I respect your opinion. You know I'm like that main character from Shaolin Showdown who doesn't understand American idioms. Oh, you're Amelia Bedelia? I didn't, I didn't remember Shaolin Showdown had an Amelia Bedelia character. <laughs> um, Omi, because he's, um... Is that the grandpa? I really only remember... Ja- Wait, Omi it's Shaolin is... Showdown, not Jackie Chan Adventures. Oh, uh, okay, I was gonna say, uh, Omi is the, I, I guess you could probably say, probably pretty racistly drawn yellow orb character who's an Asian kid. Uh, um, you see, I forgot, is he's a main character? Because I remember the Brazilian kid, the Texas kid, the Asian girl... Yeah. So you know Clay, Kimiko, and Raimundo, but not Omi. Like, the, the, the he's a main guy, he's just like the tiny one who's like way too into being the Shaolin master. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I am thinking that's how he was drawn, right? Like, I wasn't. Ah, he was like more just tiny and had no features from my memory, like a big head and no other feature. Was he yellow? Oh, you know what? When you look him up, Omi Shaolin Showdown racist. <laughs> one of the first things that comes up. So I guess since they have a, they had a Japanese girl, does that mean he was Chinese? Like I I, I assume they couldn't have doubled up on one yeah, ethnicity. Yeah. He must have been the Japanese one or the Chinese one since she was already Japanese. Was the Brazilian kid Brazilian or Hawaiian? Because I do remember his backstory in the credits, and the opening credits was a was a uh, volcano exploding. But he's the wind one. He's not the fire one. Kimiko's the fire one. But for some reason, I could swear that his, like, opening credits sank with a volcano. Are you just saying it's because of his fiery Latino sentiment? That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Fiery Portuguese sentiment. Mm. What were we talking about? Oh, life partners, right? (laughs) Uh, Sorry, yeah, I got us off topic. Hey, this is going to happen a lot this episode. We started with a a stiff drink. Oh, boy. Yours looks like a blueberry smash. Yeah, I made mine with the uh, Empress Gin, that, that purple Empress Gin. We both made the same drink this time. Should we uh, let the audience in on it? Yeah, let's do a cocktail roundup. Cocktail roundup, which is something I think we should start doing weekly, to be honest with you. I think it would help us both fill out our liquor cabinets, and I think it would expose me to a lot of new drinks. I mean, have you ever had a uh, French 75? Or never had one. Star of the day? I've seen it on a menu, never ordered it. I do love a good champagne cocktail. So um, the inspiration for this was that I was going to do a bee's knee, the bee's knees is the cocktail, but... There's a simple variation on it that makes it into a French 75, and I actually can't remember what it is now that I think about it, but um, it's uh, gin. It is uh, simple syrup, but Paul and I both went the extra mile and made our own honey simple syrup. Uh, And then it's lemon juice, and then it is champagne to fill, and then it is a twist of citrus uh, peel at the top as a garnish. It's delicious. 
we decided to do this because our theme is twists. Spoilers, plot twists. That's the opposite of a twist. That's foreshadowing what's going to happen later. Hinting at. Yeah, that's dramatic irony because the audience knew what was going to happen, but we didn't know what was going to happen. Wait, that's not what that was. <laughs> oh, wait, did we want to do any more of the, the cocktail though? Any other comments about it besides? Oh, delicious? yeah, let's do a review. I really like it. Um, it's one of those cocktails where I don't know how you feel, Adrian, but I always judge cocktails on alcohol content to mm-hmm. quality of drink. And this has a lot of alcohol because it's a lot of champagne and mm-hmm. gin and actually the non-alcoholic components make up a very small portion of it and despite that it still tastes like a cocktail that's like mostly soda or yeah whatever it still tastes uh you really can't taste the alcohol at all it's it mostly tastes like a nice sour fizzy drink it's very refreshing i'll say this it's kind of like um if i were getting tired of mimosas i could see myself ordering this at a brunch mm. um for a more refreshing take on a mimosa and then I did a modification where I made my honey syrup a little bit more diluted to make it a little bit less sweet. Uh, so it's a little bit more on the tangy side for me, and I, I really enjoy drinks like that. Mine is already pretty much on the tangy side. I don't know if I'd want it to be more tangy. It's basically perfect level. You know, I'm a tangy boy. Gin choice? Like I said, I use the Empress Gin, so mine is purple. You said yours is refreshing, and I really like my drink, but I think it would be nice if it had a little bit more herbal flavors. To give mm-hmm. me that summer spirit. It is a hot day here in Charlotte. I think mm. that would have been a nice way to uh, enjoy this drink. So maybe a different... I, I wouldn't say Empress is the right gin for this cocktail. The article that I took it from specifically said they chose Hendrix over like Beef Eater because they don't like Juniper Heavy um, gins. But I love Juniper Heavy gins. So I was fine to go with like a Bombay. And if a tank, if Tanqueray were available, that's what I would use because that's usually the gin I use for mixing stuff. So, cocktail roundup. Now you know Paul and Adrian are feeling good, getting relaxed, and we're ready to talk about something that gets people real uptight. It is a stiff drink, though. I'm not that far into it and already feeling it. Man, I feel good. Let's get real off topic on this one. Oh, wait, hold on. So let's get more off topic. Media roundup before we get into spoilers. No, let's spoil all our media roundups this week. That's part Mm. of the theme since we're doing spoilers. Do you want to go first? I don't actually have a media roundup. (laughs) Uh, okay, I'll go uh, first. Um, it's May, and uh, spoiler alert, everybody, it's May Day, International Workers' Day. Give it up. <laughs> what else I got? Uh, oh, you know what? I did spoil this, because I said in an episode previously I was going to start watching the show, and I'd probably bring it in for Media Roundup, and I am. So that has been properly spoiled. Spy X Family. Uh, only four episodes in. Absolutely charming, adorable, funny and action-packed anime like it's got fucking everything in it and it's so good so far last episode was absolutely hilarious um definitely check it out i mean everyone the adults are hot the kids are cute the spies are cool it's everything you want okay i do have a media roundup oh sorry were you not finished oh my last one was okay uh gase guevara uh and uh spoiler alert you're gonna think well this guy is just trying to be jpeg mafia and that's what i thought but then also i listened to it more and i was like you know what I'm not mad at the amount to which he sounds like JPEG Mafia. I wouldn't mind there being more JPEG Mafia movie or music out there. Um, so Gase Guevara, his latest album, more lyrical, not as good as his previous album, uh, Black Bolshevik, where the production... That's way too close to Black Ben Carson. <laughs> it was really close to communist slow jams, too. Like the, He really wears his inspiration on his sleeves. But it's so good, dude. The production is absolutely amazing. Other than the intro track, I think every song on there is like an absolute banger. 
production wise incredible lyrics wise not really the focus of it but there's like those standout lines every here and there um i have i've had a lot of fun with it for like the last couple weeks so i would recommend it okay my media roundup i saw a film i was very excited for the new i always forget his first name if it's robert or roger eggers film oh you saw the northman i saw the northman not to spoil it but and spoiler alert it turns out the mom was whoa and his father but yeah, crazy fucking cool movie. It was awesome. I actually, hopefully if you are going to watch it, you did skip over that spoiler because it was fucking tight when that was revealed. It was really intense. Damn. It was basically The Lion King, but with really cool fight scenes. With really sexy dudes. <laughs> and it, um, it's one of those movies where everybody's a piece of shit, including the main character. I mean, it's just like one of those movies that refuses to like bow to like modern moral standards. And it's just like, mm. here's how shitty everybody was back in the day. You know that joke from David Mitchell about why do we think it's cute that Vikings raped and pillaged? What a horrifying Mm -hmm. crime they were partaking in on a regular basis. And now it's just like a funny joke where we draw them as cartoons and a fun uncle might be like, your boy's out for a little bit of raping and pillaging this evening. You gotta do both of them though. You can't just do one. (laughs) You know what I mean? It it goes back to those uh, Vikings and it shows all that stuff without the like cute trying to make it seem like, oh, they're cool aesthetic it shows them as this horrifying violent culture it's uh, it wasn't like a hagger the horrible <laughs> comic strip <laughs> no it, it, it did not make the vikings seem cute or nice at all everybody was a piece of shit being violent towards each other it was crazy mm. all right and then oh is that was that it for me to round up yeah i think so nice i did want to watch that movie but you know what it's fine i'll, I'll i guess i'll you know what i'll do and this is a f- foreshadowing to our third segment one of the things that I am in the first season of a TV show, I heard the spoiler for a thing that happened in season four. And by the time I watched season four, I'd forgotten about it. So didn't matter. So I'll just wait until I forget everything you said about the North. (laughs) That actually happens to me so frequently. I definitely know where a lot of things are going. And it's pretty easy for me to get lost in media and just kind of forget. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think we can go ahead and get into this, but I'm not a big uh, mad about having things spoiled for me. But a big part of that is also that uh, I'm generally not a good viewer of television. So it's not like I was keeping up with Game of Thrones while it was coming out, or if I was keeping up with whatever TV shows are hot right now. Like, I didn't have to worry about flipping onto Twitter and seeing someone spoil something from the night before. Like, that's not a reality that I've ever lived in. I have had to do that with soccer scores before but i think that's the closest thing i can identify with and even then it's still fun to watch games when you know what the score is going to be at the end all right i'm about to say something that's really smug but you know strap in for it adrian hey i think that if you're a decently intelligent person it's pretty easy to mirror i'm not the best at it but i think i'm pretty good at it and it's something you've mentioned as a skill of your brothers that if you're a decently intelligent person you can basically guess where most pieces of media are going, a lot of things are basically built off tropes. So if I was upset about the idea of spoilers, I feel like 10 minutes into most movies, I'd be, I would have to stop enjoying them because you can oh. usually tell a character arc, like what's going to have to happen in general so that they can get them to the end of the movie where they need to be. I'm going to say two things. One, shout out to Super Eyepatch Wolf, who has a whole video about spoilers and whether or not they ruin media. Um, He has a very good take about the fact that, like, story is one of, like, a billion components of what makes a piece of media. So you can have the story for something ruined for you and still enjoy every other aspect of it. Yeah. And I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. 
The other thing is, is, is that really what people are talking about, though? Self-spoiling? Or are they talking about, like, when they, you know... No, but what I'm saying is that, like, because self-spoiling is honestly so common, I find that, like, if somebody else says something... Like, oh, no, you know, like, Dumbledore died. It's like, really? A, a parent figure in a YA novel was off so that they had to be But he was already an orphan. But it's two parents. <laughs> two sets of parents. But you know what I mean? Like, the whole part, like, the whole thing in those novels is that, like, they constantly killed off anybody who was a parent figure because it was supposed to be a thing of, like, he needs to have independence. So the idea yeah. that, like, as a kid, I didn't see it coming, but I feel like most adults probably did. You can't have somebody who has all the answers live because then there's no tension because that character can provide all the answers and guidance. I mean, I didn't see him being gay coming, but... <laughs> But you know what I mean? The and, were there. And so, like, a lot of times spoilers are very, uh... They're, uh if you're a decently media-savvy person, you're gonna self-spoil more often than you're gonna be external-spoiled. So it'd be weird to be all pissy about somebody else spoiling something. But, like, are you... You're in the same camp as me, though, right? Where you're not, like, following a lot of things that are out right now, or you haven't in the past, like, been, like really up to date with whatever big thing people are talking about. You're actually on Twitter. So like, that's not maybe the place where I would hear a spoiler or something is like a podcast, someone talking about something or like on Reddit. I guess I'm trying to think. I think the problem is because I don't care. I don't remember the last time. Like I really liked Game of Thrones. I mean, I, I read all the books and when the show got ahead of the books, I remember thinking, oh, that's kind of going to get, that's kind of going to suck to see the ending happen in the show and not get to read it in the books. Because that was a book series where the spoilers were legitimately surprising. Like, some of the stuff that happens is, like, pretty wowing. Um, I definitely didn't see a lot of it coming. You know what's interesting? And I saw this recently, and I thought it's um one of those thoughts where, as a kid, you think, like, am I the only one who does this? And then you're an adult, and you're like, no one's ever been the only one who's ever done anything. <laughs> but um, it was the first time I'd seen someone else mention something that I like to do when I was a kid, which is whenever I started a book... I would read the last page of it and then start the beginning of the book and be like, I kind of want to see how we got there. <laughs> That's cute. Um, I like that. And I remember doing that for 1984 and it did kind of, it's, it ruined the plot. Cause like, it really tells you at the end of it, like what, what happens, but still enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, I, I think for me, it's just that, that whole thing just doesn't resonate of the whole thing of like it really ruining things for you. Um, okay. So this is another one where Paul and I are being curmudgeons. We're not empathizing with the people who, are heavily affected by this epidemic of um, spoilers that happens in modern society. You can't can't even look at your phone these days without having stuff spoiled. Well, I think the type of person a spoiler actually ruins a piece of media for is the type of person who thinks it's a good idea to watch Netflix on two times speed because they want to intake as much as possible, mm. which was like a tweet that was pretty controversial from a couple years back, which is like a media person said, like, there's so many good movies and TV shows out. I think we shouldn't be shamed for watching it on two times speed so that we can watch more. Mm. And 50% of people were like, yeah, I agree with that. Exactly. Like that should be a regular thing. And the 50% I was a part of was like, for me, that's like, what the hell is wrong with you? That. That is completely ruining the idea of how you would enjoy something in any capacity. Mm. Like, it's not about intaking it into your eyeballs and being able to discuss it at work tomorrow. It's about 
enjoying it in the moment to some degree. No, I mean, that's why, so I wear a sleep mask to go to bed, and usually what I do is I put my phone on Netflix, I put it in between my eyes and the sleep mask, and just let it blast into my brain all night so I get it subliminally. Exactly. So you can can discuss it in the lab tomorrow with Charlie. At the water cooler. At the water cooler. R.I.P. Not anymore. Charlie died. I really have to stop saying we lost our lab tech because everyone keeps saying that whenever I say that. <laughs> because I'm pretty, I, I say it with the same amount of sadness as losing a loved one because it feels that way. Charlie, come back. Should we put the GoFundMe up so that people can give money to Charlie's kids who now no longer have a father? Uh, his Venmo is Adrian Perez 7 with hyphens between Adrian Perez and 7. Okay, I brought up the Harry Potter thing as a famous spoiler. Do you remember any other famous spoilers? A Fight Club is a big one. Yeah. Uh, um, which, if you want to spoil that for everybody, Paul, he's actually been a ghost the whole time. Damn. So when it comes to like plot twists, um, how do you feel about media where there's a big plot twist and it changes everything, and so you have to go back and rewatch it, for, or people will insist that you need to watch it a second time to get that full experience. Yeah, I'm trying to think of if if there is one that I've done that before, because it is a common thing that people say. It's like, oh, you ha- oh, get out, I guess. Um, there's like those small details, like, um, and I think a good plot twist will do stuff like that, where in Get Out, there's the part where they hit the deer, and yeah. um, she doesn't want to call the cops, and the cop keeps saying, like, I need to see your ID, too, to uh, Daniel Kalua, and she's like, no, you don't need to, he wasn't driving, that's racist or whatever, and it's because she doesn't want the cop to have a record of, like, I have saw this person with this person, and, like, that's a great, like, that's a great, like, yeah, you rewatch and you get that Easter egg from it. Get Out is such a good movie, damn. I mean, I know, like, that's the popular opinion, but so often we're edgy on this podcast, and I say I disagree with popular opinions, but that was a, that was one where society, I think, got it damn right. That was a great yeah. movie. And, and we watched it together. Oh, yeah. At the uh, $3 theater. In theaters, and I had to pee, and so I missed the scene where he goes through and finds all of the photos of her with, like, previous boyfriends and girlfriends that were uh, black. Have you seen the trailer for the new uh, Jordan Peele movie about, like, aliens, it seems like? It's kind of hard to tell what it's about, but it's about, nope. like, black ranchers. Yeah. It seems yeah, like yeah. aliens might be involved somehow. I have seen the trailer. Like I said, yeah. Or like you said, I, I, did, I don't really, I haven't, get, I haven't gotten a lot out of what it's supposed to be, but I like that in a trailer. Another popular opinion. Trailers give away too much these days. <laughs> I like a I like a held back trailer. I've also seen the trailer for the new A24 movie that's coming out that is like a whodunit, and Pete Davidson is in it, and it doesn't look good, and I, I don't know if I'm going to go watch it. I agree. It looked a little, it, it, yeah, it did not uh, strike me as something I needed to see. Yeah, I don't know, man. There was something about the trailer where, like, every joke that they wanted to highlight was like the "I'm triggered, you're silencing me." I was like, "What? What's the what's the take of this movie?" <laughs> yeah, it was trying to do something about being modern that wasn't landing with me. I know exactly what you're saying. It was uh it was odd. Yeah. Have you spoiled something to someone else accidentally before? No, I do have a friend. I mean, Caitlin was on the podcast. And she is a very anti-spoiler person. She is constantly worried about anybody talking about a movie around her that she hasn't seen. She hates the idea you know, of being spoiled. That, that is true. I think I have seen that in person where like you're just in public, 
two people in a Chipotle line are talking about a TV show, and someone behind them literally says, like, oh, hey, I actually haven't seen that yet. Can you guys not talk about that? <laughs> well, I don't think Caitlin is that bad, but yeah, she she does, like, if I'm, ta- uh, if I'm telling, like, if I mention a movie I've seen, I'm like, oh, that's crazy. The idea of me even saying, like, something as vague as, like, the, the ending was crazy is, like, a spoiler in her mind, because now she knows the ending was crazy, and that's... <laughs> Uh, the ending was subdued. <laughs> and you know what I mean? And apparently then that leads her to knowing that, well, it's crazy. So something crazy must happen. So now she's, you know, it's just, I don't yeah. know. Oh, I, I guess so. Harkening to the third segment, again, I'm not going to spoil it, but I did make sure to include examples from movies, books, TV shows, and video games. So is there anything there in those other media? Because there's a lot of type, different types of media that can be spoiled. Basically, anything with a plot can be spoiled for you. Yeah, video games are even more trope-heavy than any other media because they're even more constrained about what type of stories they can tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, like an RPG, you know you're going to have to be fighting increasingly difficult characters. So uh, there's always a certain amount of constraint on video games. Uh, that lets you know when something is coming. A good book twist. Those can get you. Those can get you because the pace is self-driven. So you get there in your you get there on your own pace. Books Especially are, in the part where you're kind of like I can feel something coming. Books are definitely the most powerful emotional reaction to media you can have. Like a book will make you feel more than a movie or TV show ever will. Zoom literally cut me off right as I was about to say, have you ever tried VR porn? <laughs> so, in your response to books are the heaviest emotional thing you can experience. <laughs> I have not tried VR porn, have you? Uh, no, I don't have any VR things. I'm I'm way in the past on that, dude. I think we're both, uh, this is one of those things where we're tackling, uh, we're tackling a theme that we're not really prepared to answer if we're not prepared to answer what spoilers to VR porn are like. That's true. Damn. All right, you ready to uh, read some questions? Yeah, let's do it. You want to go first or second? Your choice, man. Um, I'll go first because I think mine is just like very on theme. So it seems like a good segue into just continuing the introductory conversation. We're going to, as you might expect for this one, ask Dr. Nerdlove. My girlfriend is too intense about spoilers. Hi, Sir Nerdlove. It's coming up on two years of my relationship with my girlfriend. She's amazing. I love her. She's kind, sweet, funny, has follow through, and is insightful. The sex is great. Fun. She and I see eye to eye on many things, such as kids, marriage, and various social issues. We share a lot of similar interests. We met via Twitch. I'm thinking fairly seriously about marrying her. However, we do have a few issues. One of the ones that's most vexing is spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. She takes a hard line on spoilers. She stays off of social media, mutes people, waits until she has seen and or played the thing. However, this makes things somewhat difficult when we talk about shared interests, like to the point where I can't even talk about a video game because at some point in the vague future, she might play it. I'm neutral on spoilers, but it's become really hard to talk about our shared interests if she hasn't played slash seen it. And then I'm stuck not sharing stuff I'm excited about with her. I mean, I can find other people to be excited with, like, you know, the internet, but it's sometimes a really big bummer not to share my favorite stuff with her because of this. I know this is a super silly thing, but is there a happy medium with the spoiler averse? I feel like there's some sort of way to grow into the terms of communication from here. Thank you. Spoilers. 
So the exact context of putting it in a relationship context text made me think of, uh, do you know, and I don't know if you're one of these people, but couples that are really big on like, they watch a show together and like, you can't watch it with them because they have to watch it with their partner or like same with like movies and stuff like that. Like Phil has Disney plus and I don't, and I really wanted to watch turning red cause I was hearing good things. And like the whole time he was like, Nope, I can't watch it. Mandy wants to watch it with me. So. Oh, I agree with that, but it's not really a partner thing. Like I also do that with like, if I'm watching a show with my roommate, I won't watch ahead without him. Or if I'm watching a show with a family member, I won't watch ahead without them. And definitely with partners too. I think that's reasonable. You don't agree with that theory that you watch certain shows with certain people and you wait for them to continue? I think Phil should have let me watch Turning Red with him. No, what he should have done is given you his password for Disney Plus and been a good friend. You know, that's true. He has my Paramount Plus, uh, my Paramount Plus password. He has been using that all the time. Mm. All right, let's put Phil on blast. More like hey. Phil up farter because he farts a lot. His his personality is the quality of a big stinky fart. Yeah, more like semi fartomatic. Yeah, more like Phil a farter. That's a play on filibuster. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so addressing this question, this is a classic Sir Mixalot question, Paul. Yeah, because they're mostly great, but there's except it's not a Sir Mixalot because this one thing that he thinks is a really big deal is not that big a deal in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, because it's interesting, because it actually is putting it into our perspective, right? So the girlfriend doesn't like spoilers. She's very big on it. But his issue is then, like, I can't share things with her. So it's, like, very much like the perspective of you or I dating someone who is, like, really averse from spoilers. But the thing is, who cares? Like, I don't know. Enjoy things on your own time. Have your own personality, my man. Uh, She is wrong. You don't like sharing things with the people you love? Like, that seems antithetical to what you just said about, like, you should... I do, but it's like, if you're watching, that's different than if you're watching something together, you're watching it together. But if you, I don't know, like, I mean, it is annoying of her, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know, like, it's also, this falls into the camp of how I feel about Marvel movies. We've let adults become children too much, that she would care enough about spoilers, and that he would care enough that she cares enough about spoilers, that it would affect either of them mentally to this point that it's an issue. It's obnoxious. Who cares? Media is not anybody's personality. She shouldn't care. But even if she did care, he shouldn't care. This is Dr. Nerd Love. Who do you think is writing into this? People whose entire identity is their er, personality. Their favorite Star Wars movies. How the first three are somehow different than the other three that are somehow different than the other three. Exactly. It's the kind of it's like that uh, terrible comedian that I saw in Sacramento where his big bit was about how he didn't like somebody and he knew immediately because he was wearing like a Metallica shirt, but like from the wrong era of Metallica. And he was like, oh, I'm not going to like this guy. You guys know what I'm talking about. And it's like, what is, who cares? What are you talking about? <laughs> Sir, I absolutely do not know what you're talking about. That's obnoxious. <laughs> um, that's exactly the kind of people that we're dealing with here that Dr. Nerdlove is dealing with. So we have to keep that perspective, right? Like that, that's, that's, uh, that's the type of people we're talking about. Okay. I'm in their shoes. What should he do? What should he do? I'm limber. I'm limber. Um, okay. Two years in the relationship. Everything's going great. The sex is great. I mean, come on. What more do you need, buddy? She dresses up like Princess Leia. How much better could it get, my friend? Yeah. And she's for using like those little side buns. She uses actual cinnamon, cinnabons. So <laughs> you can just eat them off. <laughs> 
She thinks the new Ghostbusters with the women is horrible. She spent months complaining about how bad it was. Isn't there also a newer reboot at that at, at this point? Yeah, I think so. Like, now it's right. kids instead of women, which I like <laughs> how we're slowly uh, just doing <laughs> Ghostbusters, but with d- different demographics. I can't wait for Ghostbusters, but Asian. Uh, she and I see eye to eye on many things, such as kids, marriage, and various social issues. They met via Twitch. I didn't realize people were meeting via Twitch. Should I be like skipping out of my uh, Bumble and Hinge and just going to Twitch? That makes sense that they met via Twitch. That's uh, exactly where these people I was stereotyping would meet. <laughs> Come on, Paul. Don't be mean. No, let's, I, not be mean to be our, mean. let's not be mean to our question <laughs> asker. He's just trying to figure out how life works. He's thinking about marrying this woman, man. I break up with her. Like, what are you going to do? Spend the rest of your life not discussing how Iron Man 15 was better than Iron Man 13, but not quite as good as Iron Man 14? You can't do well, that. Well, she's still working she- her way through Iron Man 7 like a fucking normie. Exactly. Like, what are you going to do? Is that's, that's no way to live your life. Leave her. Paul, if you did have an issue with spoilers, what do you think your time limit on it would be? Because that's a very common joke, right? Is like someone oh, mentioned yeah, something like from it. history, or they mentioned something from like a 1990 movie, and they're like, oh, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I think three years, right? If I wasn't to spoilers, that's about mm. as long as you can do. I do find it frustrating when somebody talks about spoilers to a historic TV show mm-hmm. um, or movie. <laughs> it happened with my uh, with my roommate when it came to that Pam and Tommy TV show, which mm. I thought was a pretty famous thing. And uh, I was watching it and he walked into the room while it was playing. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's about the uh, uh, Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee. And w- he was standing there and he Googles the show look through their Wikipedia and it's like, oh, I know how it ends, but I'm not going to tell you. And I was like, that they have a sex tape stolen? Do you think that's a spoiler? (laughs) (laughs) And that's what he thought was a spoiler. Like, I had to explain to him that that was very famous, and I already knew about that. I don't know what this says about me, but this is, I think, second week in a row where I'm going to bring up a really good Family Guy joke. But the one where Peter and Brian go into the past, and someone mentions about Ronald Reagan being the president, he's like, Ronald Reagan? The actor? (laughs) It's like, Peter, you're the one from the future, is what Brian says. It's such a, it's such a good joke. <laughs> well, it's not about him avoiding spoilers. It's about being with sure, his girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah, he yeah. needs to erase media from his mind so that he doesn't oh. spoil it to her. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Hypnotist? Hypnotist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind machine a real thing? Can he do that? So what's your advice to him in terms of who can he go around besides the internet to just talk about these things and enjoy them with if he's really looking for that sense of camaraderie about being able to talk about his co-workers, interests? right? Has anybody ever watched the Netflix show Ozarks other than to talk about it with co-workers? Is that a Phil show has. people watch? Phil loves it. Damn. Okay. Well, there goes my theory about Ozarks being created just to talk about around the water cooler. Mm. Can you believe at the end of Squid Game, it turned out that, um... Okay, another piece of media this guy definitely loves. Him and his girlfriend definitely are very excited for the big Netflix event show of the year. Like, they loved Squid Game. They bought the merch. He has, like, the... What Mm. what are the big head figurines people like? He has, like, one of those for the... Oh, Funko Pops. Don't get me started on Funko Pops. (laughs) The guards from that show, he has a Funko Pop of the, like, you know, the ones with, like, the square or circle Mm -hmm. or triangle on their mask. Mm -hmm. 
That show did have a twist, but I think in the way that you were talking about it before, about just like basic media literacy, the most telegraphed twist of all times. People were, people were calling it like episode four, episode two. Yeah. The, I mean, when it panned away during a character's death, are you kidding me? Like every other character, you've got to see blood spurt out of their the back of their head. And for you that character, they were gets, baby. And for that character, they were just like, but what if the camera wasn't there? Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Not much to say. Do you want to hear what Dr. Nerdlove has to say and maybe critique what he has to say about this? Let's hear it. All right. Here we go. Funny thing about spoilers, they don't actually ruin our enjoyment of an experience. And that is hyperlinked, so we gotta, we gotta get to the evidence that he is bringing up. This is a Gizmodo article. Stop worrying about spoilers. They actually help you enjoy the story more. Um, I'm not going to read this whole article, but... I think this is actually the, yeah, okay, this is actually the article that uh, Super Eyepatch Wolf mentions in his um, spoiler video. Um, basically, they gave um, people really famous short stories with a twist to read, and they either gave them the twist or they didn't, and then they had them rate how much they enjoyed the story afterwards. And there was actually a significant difference in some of the stories uh, where they actually enjoyed it more based on the fact that they knew the plot twist ahead of time. I, I wouldn't really call that, like, definitive proof, but... It is a study you can point to. Um, In fact, in many cases, knowing the outcome builds tension and enjoyment in a way you've never experienced. Sunset Boulevard famously starts with a shot of the corpse of the narrator, and as the story progresses, we feel the tension because we know that his death is coming. In other cases, knowing the end means that we can enjoy the journey to get there more than we would the first time around. Understanding the twist from, say, The Usual Suspects, Fight Club, or The Sixth Sense means that you can see how the story builds up to the reveal. While there's definitely something to be said about being surprised by media that we consume, there comes a point where trying to avoid spoilers becomes an exhausting enterprise, doubly so if you have any sort of meta-knowledge, whether it's an awareness of the game's tropes, looking at you, Red Dead 2, or simply understanding storytelling language. I really liked Red Dead 2's story. I don't know why he would come at that. I was really sad when he got tuberculosis. He got TB? He gets TB, and I was like, man, I'm not ready for my character to die. I love him. Damn, man. Spoilers, by the way. And when you're so spoiler-averse that you're avoiding spoilers on the off chance that you might play or see it, at that point you're now not just interfering with your own enjoyment, but of the people around you. Because if they have to be on their toes about spoiling a game or movie or book, one that came out quite some time ago, especially, then you're making it harder for them to express their enjoyment. So my suggestion is an expiration date on spoilers. It's fair to say not want spoilers for a movie or game that only just came out and that you're looking forward to. It's not entirely unreasonable to ask to remain relatively unspoiled for something that you're planning to watch or play in the near future. Let's say three to four months. But if this thing that you're trying to avoid spoilers for is a conditional desire, I may want to play this in the future. Well, while that doesn't make fair game for someone to spoil it willy-nilly, if it's past the three-month mark, it's unreasonable to impose those restrictions on others to make a fuss if you do find out. I like that he, in his insistence that you don't impose an unreasonable restriction on others, has created a completely arbitrary time frame of three months. Like, man, all of this is stupid. It doesn't matter. Like, you've just created an even more silly set of rules for nerds to obsess about. Paul, nerds love rules. This is why you're not Dr. Nerd Love. I know. This is why you're Dr. Chad Love. But that's just my opinion. 
I'm curious to hear what others think in the comments. Regardless, your girlfriend is welcome to whatever policy she wants on spoilers, but there quickly comes a point where it's just a pointless stance for its own sake that actively starts to impinge on the enjoyment of others. Good luck. He hit on everything. He, he hit on uh, the fact that most people can kind of self-spoil if they have a meta-knowledge about basic storytelling They uh, and tropes. He hit on, you know, there should be an expiration date on spoilers. Hey. I cried the first time my character coughed because I was like, shit, he's going to be diagnosed with tuberculosis. Did he do that thing that John Mulaney talks about where, like, you cough into, a, like, a handkerchief and there's, like, blood in it or whatever, and that's how you know the character's going to die later on? Literally, that's exactly it, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome, man. It's dude. actually, dude, I'm not going to lie, that's, it is, like, very telegraphed what's going to happen, but it is a very powerful story, like Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> I love the story to that game. Damn, I felt right. I felt so crazy playing it. I was like, man, I don't want him to go. Um, Alright, anything else about that answer? No, I really honed in on the Red Dead Redemption 2, and I'm, that's all I'm thinking about now. Well, I'm glad I didn't include that in one of the uh, spoilers for the uh, third segment. Okay. <laughs> um, Alright, you want to get to your article? Paul, what you got for us this week? I have a classic, a Dear Abby, but on a non-classic website, this one is posted to the Eagle Tribune, which I guess a lot of these get randomly posted to different uh, syndicated papers. This one's from 2009, and I'll jump into it. Yeah, let's do it, baby. While yours was more exactly about the idea of spoilers, mine is a column that has a twist in it. Mmm, plot twist. It is a, it is a slight dual theme. A column about a twist. About a twist to your life. Mm. For 15 years, I was a happily married homemaker with a wonderful husband. Duncan and I attended church together, frolicked through the fields, even exterminated rodents together. He was my best friend. It was bliss. Okay, Adrian. That- have you read ahead? Do you want to know? What, do you want to guess what the twist is? Uh, I've already read the question. So I was going to focus on how you feel about that being the three pinnacles of <laughs> existing with another human being. Killing rodents, frolicking in fields, and uh, being a best friend in attending church. Paul, can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Have you ever frolicked? No. I don't really know what it means. It seems like a form of running, but more like towards nothing. It's, it seems like a skipping type thing, yeah. And aim you're skipping, skipping a field. But not in any direction, because then you're just skipping. But a mm. frolic is like if you're skipping with someone and you like you randomly hold hands and go a different direction and yeah, like it has to be <laughs> like when people do animal spatial movement and they need a null model, so they pick one of those mathematical things where you like randomly decide to switch where you're going. It has to be it has to fit one of those null models of <laughs> of movement patterns. Yeah, it kind of frolicking. It seems like it has to be two people, and the movement has to be like when somebody's doing a simulation of like gravitational fields, and they just send two planets like randomly heading towards each other, and you see like the particles kind of like zoom towards each other, and then why are we making fun of the guy from before being a nerd? (laughs) (laughs) Because he was the wrong type of nerd, Adrian. Let's get him. Okay, back to the question. Last year, I found out my father had an affair with Duncan's mother the year I was born, which makes him my half-brother. The news was too much for my husband. He had a fatal heart attack not long after. What should I put on his gravestone? Loving brother or loving husband? 
That sounds more like a joke than it does a genuine question. <laughs> hey, man, it was actually submitted to Dear Abby. How how was she sure that they're like, because that was the only time he had sex that year or what? Or that she had sex that year? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. She had an affair. She sounds like a loose woman. It could be that she was having affairs all over the place. Oh, that's one thing. Okay, so you're thinking that the twist is wrong, that it's not really... There's a second twist. There's a post-question twist that he's not really her brother. I mean, there could be, but um, it doesn't really matter to the actual question, does it? (laughs) (laughs) I guess it does matter about if the question is just, what do I put on his gravestone? In which case, I would put husband because he was for sure her husband. He wasn't for sure her brother, but... Mm, That's a good point. That's a good point. How do you feel about... Wait, like, hold on, hold on, hold on. What if she does the DNA test to figure out if it's her uh, brother, and it turns it's out he's actually like, no, it finds out that she he's actually like two percent black, and so she's <laughs> like, oh, should I put my brother, my brother, <laughs> or my husband? <laughs> I hope my gravestone doesn't mention anything about my relationship to my sister or my potential future wife. I don't, I don't know why those are the relationships that need to be on my gravestone. Yeah. Beloved podcast host. Beloved podcast host. Co-host. Beloved podcast leader. What do you want your gravestone to say? Honestly, I don't want a gravestone. Yeah, I don't think so either. I'm probably going to look into one of those weird alternative methods of being um, cremated or made into a tree or something. You can't donate yourself to cannibals, right? Just because that sounds kind of cool and metal. I, I'm worried that they would complain about the taste. I think I think I'll taste good. It's interesting how our confidence levels, like where our egos are, that you're worried they would complain about your taste, and I'm just, I 100% know I would taste delicious to a cannibal. It's also like my weird thing about like cooking too, where it's like, I'm not a vegan, but I have respect for the like animals that die for me to eat. And it, it does, it's one of those things where when I see someone like cook food badly or like cook something like way overdone the point where it's not enjoyable anymore it's like come on man like yeah i don't know so if i was killed and cannibals ate me and they didn't cook me properly i would be so pissed in the afterlife yeah yeah, yeah. like if they if they had you with a little bit of ketchup on the side because they overcooked oh you and they needed because to add they, moisture yeah, and they needed to add like a1 to me like come on <laughs> at least like braise me in a pot to make sure that like you know it all stays juicy so she shouldn't put a gravestone for her husband she should eat his deceased body uh, or brother's deceased body we still don't know or brothers. It's so funny that, like, because this is a question that would come to Dear Abby. Because if I saw this in Dear Prudence, I would be like, fake. If I saw this in Dear Abby, I would be like, this is a column read by someone who lives in a village of 12 people in <laughs> Arkansas, where this is what would, this is what would happen. <laughs> so I Dear Abby it. is exclusively read by the wives of truckers who live in Utah. <laughs> That's the number one demographic, baby. <laughs> Uh, it's that, and then second is podcast hosts. <laughs> All right, back to the focus ball. What? What's the focus? Oh yeah, this uh, this brother husband. <laughs> brother husband. <laughs> or as you pointed out, potential brother husband. <laughs> what a weird thing to concentrate on. Not like. Should I reassess how I, like, lead my life? Not, should I talk to my mother about why she would never have mentioned this to me before? Um, Not any of those questions. Not, should I have my child tested for learning disabilities? No, what should I put on his gravestone? That's what she honed in on. Well, it doesn't sound like they had kids, right? I don't know. It didn't mention. 
Who wouldn't mention the fact that they had kids if that was part of like living with your husband? I think, and this is a kind of a weird take that people get, but like, you know, if we're not having children, does it really matter what the relatedness is? Especially if you didn't grow up with the person and you just find out randomly that like you have the same father. I don't actually know if it's as existential as it is in a world that isn't so traditional and conservative. It's not good trad wife uh, imagery to be fucking your your half brother. Or your mm. full brother, right? Shit, yeah. No, wait, half brother. No, I think in Christian communities, that's okay. People are understanding. And so when it comes to the actual a- answering the question, I think the answer has to be frolicking, church-going, rodent killer. <laughs> the big three. Here lies. That's the start of a eulogy, not a <laughs> fucking gravestone. Instead of loving husband or loving brother, what about loving person? Damn. What about loving Enby? No, what if it turns out that his dad also had sex with a dog that year, and he's actually half dog, and he's not even a person? So Mm. that doesn't make sense. Loving... (laughs) Alright, do you want to hear the answer? It is Abby, so her answer is probably going to be even dumber than the question somehow. It is impolite to slurp one soup. (laughs) (laughs) I love that impression of her. (laughs) Abby says, Neither. How about he was everything to me? That should cover it. (laughs) Damn. Yo, that's a bar. Oh my god. That's a bar. You know what? My bad for making fun of Abby. That was... I can't believe she pulled a comedic <laughs> pun on this lady to mock her. That was incredible. That was so much better than our answer. Someone who deserves no mocking at all, by the way. But Abby was like, this is the one person I'm going to go in on and really find my best one-liner. <laughs> Honestly, the only better answer would have been if she said, you should put, he was like a brother to me. <laughs> that's pretty good i like how she was like by the way i was in the office today and jeff ross happened to be there so i went to talk to him and ask for his thoughts on this and he really <laughs> punched up my answer <laughs> brother from the same mother you know what i mean <laughs> mm-hmm. no same dad same mother mm-hmm. no they have different they're not full siblings half siblings mm. oh yeah you're right you're right you're right Brother from a different mother, yeah. And if he happens to be 3% African, brother from a different mother. I don't know why you're bringing Elizabeth Warren into this. I don't feel like... (laughs) (laughs) Alright, you ready to get into your third seggy? Alright, Paul. So for this third seggy, as we have very much foreshadowed and spoiled, the basic gist is a quiz where I'm going to be giving you the spoiler for a big twist in a piece of media... And then based on that spoiler, you're going to give me what the piece of media is. Okay, so it's a, it's a Jeopardy, but for spoilers. Yes, and I have 20 of these, and the extent to which I give you information is kind of, what's the word? It's, it's kind of built on a curve. So like, if it's a very popular one, I'm going to give you a very curt explanation. Can I ask you spoilers. a question? Are you certain, am I allowed to ask you if you know for certain if I've seen a piece of media? And have you built this quiz around media I've definitely seen? No, I can't imagine why you think I would put that much effort into this. Um, Nope, these are just spoilers from different lists and the best spoilers of all time. Um, I took out some of the really obvious ones, although there are some pretty classic ones in there. 
Um, if you don't know the piece of media, um, I can give you the spoiler and I can give you some more information if you need it. And I can tell you whether or not it's like a book or a movie or whatever. And I think that's about as much as I can do for you. I can maybe give you like, so I wrote it really impassionate. So it was very much like protagonist learns this from villain. So I can also maybe give you names or something or like more better identifiers if you need that. Okay. I think if you gave me 20, <sighs> Uh, if, if you'd said you'd built it around media that you know I've seen like you did for a Drake's quiz, I would say that I would probably get like 11 to 12. But for this one, I'm going to say eight. Uh, happy, happy range. All right. You keep track of score and then just give me a random number generator. OK, I think this one this is one that you have seen as a little quick um thing. Villain reveals he set up the protagonist. Oh, by the way, this is also good for the column that you brought in. Villain reveals he set up the protagonist to have sex with his own daughter as revenge. Oh, I really don't know, damn. Do you think I've seen it, which is making me anxious now? Also, by the way, just for the audience, this one's called Spoiler Alert. And if you don't want these things spoiled for you, a lot of them are within or definitely past the four month window. So you can't be mad at us. Dr. Nerdlove says so. Dr. Nerdlove said everybody has to be nice to me. Yeah, I'm gonna say I don't know. Unless you can. Doctor uh, Nerdlove provide... says I'm a special boy with special little poopies. Can you provide me with any other clues? It's an international film. An international film that has been remade as an American film. I don't know. All right, this is the plot to the classic Korean movie, Old Boy. Oh, I haven't seen Old Boy. Oh, well, spoiler. <laughs> That's the whole <laughs> Oh, no! I know now! <laughs> and villain... you see, I'm gonna act like an adult and not give a shit, because who cares? The villain fucks his sister, and the protagonist tells people as a rumor when they're high schoolers or middle schoolers. No, I think they just kiss. I think they get caught kissing in, like, a classroom. And then he tells people around the school, and so his sister commits suicide. And so his plot is to then make him fuck his own daughter. It's a fucked up movie, but it's very good. It has one of the best action scenes of all time. What makes him an old boy? You know, I don't know what that translation's about. The protagonist's brother didn't steal his name after his disappearance. Rather, he gave the name to his son in honor of his memory. Futurama. Do you have the episode name? Not a big deal. It's the luck of the Fryish. Paul Fryish. Uh, you got it. That is Futurama. I knew you would know that one. Very good twist. One of the more wholesome twists in this um series of twists, so I wanted to make sure to include it. Also one of the best episodes of that show and one of the best episodes of general TV, so. I agree. I really like that show, and I really like that episode. Yeah, it's great. Alright. <clears throat> this is one of the more famous ones, so this is very curt. Fight Club. Protagonist isn't a detective. He's a patient at the asylum. Oh, uh, Shutter Island. All right. Very good, Paul. I figured you'd get that one. Um, yep, that is Shutter Island, the old Leo DeCap movie um, that I think people like. I don't. I think I watched it, but I don't think it left an impression on me. Did we watch it together? I remember also being completely unimpressed. I don't think so. I, think I watched it at my neighbors, yeah. Okay. Protagonist kills the bad guy at the end, but comes home to find that the bad guy already killed his wife as she lay bleeding out in a bathtub uh dexter that is dexter season four and that is what i was saying earlier about how um because i used to watch the show by torrenting it i was torrenting like way ahead where i was in the uh show 
And so I saw the comment where someone was like, damn, it's crazy that Rita died in that episode. And I think actually from the list that I saw, it's considered one of the like biggest twists ever in a TV show. Um, and it was one of those things where by the time I got to the episode, I totally forgot about it. So I experienced it totally fresh. But yeah, one of the one of the most uh, impactful twists in a, uh, in a in a show. All right. Another short one. Main character has a twin. Ooh, um, we were just talking about Inception. What's his name? Um, what's the director's name? Um, it's a movie about the magicians. It's like I not the illusionists. It's like uh oh my god. Um the director's name is The guy who did Tenet and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you want the director's name? Is that a clue? Yeah, that would actually be really helpful. Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan, yes. The Illusionists keeps coming to mind, but I know that's not right. It's got like a Tesla thing going on with like an electric coil. They do, yeah. I've seen this movie like in middle school, and I really liked it at the time. I remember saying it was one of my favorite movies when I was younger. Um, Why am I blanking on the name? Hey, I'll tell you what, these French 75s will get you, my friend. It's one part of like the multi-step process of how to do a magic trick so it's called this step i mean you clearly know it i feel like it should give you the 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 the, the point but yeah but i if i can't get the name i'm gonna give myself i'm gonna put 30 seconds on the clock and just think really hard all right start the clock yeah i i, I can't remember i i really want to say the illusionist it's something in that vein Patrick showed me this one freshman year of college because he really liked it. Uh, it's called The Prestige. The Prestige. Yeah. So you can either take that if you want or not. To be honest, I'm going to not take that point. I, I believe in a fair game among gentlemen. Right. I mean, you've got three so far, so you're doing well. Okay. Oh, okay. So this is actually the only book on the list. Um, Sorry, I couldn't find any good ones where it was very... So for the weird thing is that like for movies, people like to spoil the ending. For books, they really like write articles where they're like, this is the setup, now go read the book. So it's really hard to actually research what the twist is. So this is kind of a modern book. It's uh, being made into a Netflix movie. Um, and it was written by a alum of my PhD program. So that's kind of cool. Um, she... Uh... She got a nature paper as a grad student. Uh, I read the abstract. Wasn't really my cup of tea, but you know. After her death, the main character's husband finds evidence that the protagonist did commit the murder she was accused of many years earlier. Oh, that's a crazy twist. I want to watch whatever this is, but I don't know what it is. That's uh, cool. I like I like the whole like not being able to confront somebody because they're gone mm-hmm. or dead. But also learning something crazy about them and having to always wonder if they were tricking you. Mm. I've said that before. One of my favorite things about psychological thriller is thinking you know somebody and finding out that you don't is one of the scariest things to me. Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens being turned into a Netflix show and or movie. Um, My favorite fact about this book, apparently it caused an uptick in people figuring out what a crawdad is because it's a more regional term than I realized, which I guess makes sense, but... Yeah. People don't know what crawdads are. All right. Here we go. This is our only video game on the list. The protagonist had no free will. He was brainwashed into obeying the villain's orders during the first half of the game. Holly boy, I did know that you had played this before, and I did make sure to include it for you. I tried to throw you some softballs. 
honestly, top-notch. Video games often have some of the worst plots in the world, but we've talked about Red Dead Redemption 2 and now Bioshock, which I think Bioshock probably has one of the most interesting atmospheric plots in any game I've played. And I think we're really proving the exception to the rule. There you go. In this game that, or in this episode of this podcast, and that sometimes video games do have good plots. Turned out he had tuberculosis all along. Protagonist finds out that he has dissociative identity disorder, and that he, and that the leader of the super secret group that recruited him is actually himself. I'm gonna say that's a Fight Club. I made sure not to include Fight Club. <laughs> Damn <laughs> it. It's, uh... So this gets into my main uh, roundup of having to look through big twists in movies and other stuff. Um, a lot of people just want to use dissociative identity disorder to make an easy way for things to be trippy in a movie. <laughs> and I don't know how we feel about it as modern people. I think we hate it, right? That's so corny. It's very corny. Um, this is the uh, big finale of season one of Mr. Robot. Oh, I did watch that show. Yeah, that I hated that show. It was so bad. It was yeah. a show made by morons for morons. Yep. And uh, that was definitely an homage to Fight Club, though. So I feel like you kind of got like a half a point. But All right. <clears throat> the characters aren't in heaven. They're in hell. Mm, I want to say it's a good place, but it turns out that... Well, I guess that is the end of season one of the good place. Okay, good place. That is the twist in season one of The Good Place. Good job, Paul. Alrighty. Alright. Protagonist finally escapes Bunker of Raving Madman, only to find out that the alien invasion he was ranting about was actually happening. Oh, damn. I don't know, but that sounds good. Not, like, super good, but it sounds like a good... As long it's as it's a, a bad movie... twist. It's not a as long point. as it's a movie and not a TV show, it's good. But I wouldn't want to invest more time than like a one-hour movie, like a good ninety-minute movie. Mm. I think it'd be a good episode one to a show. For that, I'm not sure because I don't know what that is. But I'm I'm intrigued now. I do want to watch this. Mm. All right. Do you want the answer? Or do you want more hints? Uh, I don't think I would know what it is. I feel like I would know if I knew. If you I know, feel like you know. I would. I feel like I would know if I knew. That is 10 Cloverfield Lane, uh, a sequel to the Cloverfield uh, franchise. Oh, cool. Yeah, no, I haven't seen the sequels. Um, I've only watched the first one, which wasn't a very good movie. Kind of sucked. If it makes you feel better, the uh, Raving Lunatic is played by John Goodman. So it's probably a good movie. Ooh, okay. This is a personal of mine. <clears throat> Here we go. The ballerina, soldier, clown, hobo, and bagpiper trying to escape the large cylinder are actually just dolls in a donation barrel for a girl's orphanage. Orphanage. Oh, I don't know. It's not Toy Story. Do you want any more hints or do you want to go? Yeah, can you give me what hint? Is this a childhood movie? It's a TV show. TV show. One more time, describe it. The ballerina, soldier, clown, hobo, and bagpiper trying to escape the large cylinder or actually just dolls in a donation barrel for a girl's orphanage. I don't know. All right. This is the episode Five Characters in Search of an Exit from the Twilight Zone. And it was one of my favorite episodes of the Twilight Zone. Damn. I, I've watched through the whole thing, but I guess I wasn't paying good enough attention. That one was a real big, like, as a kid, watching those Fourth of July Twilight Zone mar- marathons. Like, 
poof. That's a that's a mind blown. This one's an easier one, so very very small summary. It's a sled. It's a sled. Yeah. The end of the giver. Ooh, I can see why those associations are there. But do you want a little bit more of a hint? Yeah. Rosebud is a sled. Rosebud is a sled. Yes. Can you stop talking gobbly gook? <laughs> In English, Doctor. It's a black and white movie. It's a black and white movie, and it was a sled. And by that I mean Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan. <laughs> Not good. It's a black and white movie, and the rosebud was a sled. I don't know. This is the really famous uh, twist to uh, Citizen Kane. I've never watched Citizen Kane. <laughs> I thought that was the kind of movie you watched as a kid. I thought those were your type of movies. You watch things like The Godfather and Citizen Kane. <laughs> yeah, those were my faves. Um, um, you know what's funny is that I always knew uh, from the zeitgeist that that's what the twist was. I did not understand it until I actually looked it up for this quiz. Um, it's a big newspaper magnate who's like a super rich guy. And on his deathbed, he's like a really like ruthless, like, you know, cutthroat businessman. And his last word is Rosebud. And so a newspaper man goes through trying to search through all of his life and in, in relationships, trying to figure out what Rosebud is and just kind of figuring this guy out. And at the end, we find out it's a sled, his childhood sled, which is supposed to like humanize him in his last moments. Like at the end of his life, all he wanted to think about was his childhood sled. Damn, it's like Squid Game all again. <laughs> exactly. Everything's just Squid Game. OK, this is one of your favorites. <clears throat> The horrible experiences of the protagonist who has no memory are not random, but specifically designed to punish her as she is a convicted murderer. Oh, um, one of the worst TV shows ever made that convinces dumb people it's good. We're talking about the episode, like, White Bear of, God, what's that show called? Uh, Black Mirror. I like how Paul pretended like he didn't know that immediately and off the top of his head. He was like, oh, it's like that show uh, uh, Black Mirror, and I guess it's that episode White Bear. I don't really know. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is, uh, that is White Bear from Black Mirror. All right. This is another one that, because, it, okay, you know what? I'm not going to give you too much, but I'll explain it afterwards. The mother and her children aren't being ha haunted by ghosts. They are the ghosts. I don't know, but I want to say Bird Box, because that's the only thing I can think of that's recent and has a mother and children that I haven't seen. So this is a pretty famous twist, but I know because it's a horror movie that you probably wouldn't have seen it. Um, but yeah, like I know Adam and I talked about it once like a while ago. Um, I don't know if that helps you at all, if you have any inkling, but it's... Um, Poltergeist. Not bad. It's a movie called The Others. Um, yeah, I've, so you spend the whole, you spend the whole movie trying to figure out how they're being haunted by people and then you find out that they're the ghosts. It's kind of like, I didn't include any of these, but there are multiple horror movies where the twist is that, um, the thing that you think is supernatural is actually just an actual person. Like, there's the orphanage, which is really sad, where it's like she accidentally locked her kid in, like, the basement and so, like, all the noises she hears are just her kid trying to, like, get out. That kind of, that kind of stole the twist from that a uh, Spanish horror movie that was like Guillermo del Toro's first movie in Spain. You mean El, El Orfanato? The Orphanage? Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, and there's also like Insidious 4 where like the whole big reveal is that it's not a, a ghost like haunting them. It's like a girl who lives in the house who's like chained up in the basement or something. But 
All right. The pleasant orphanage the protagonists live in is actually a farm raising them as food for an alien race. Oh, shit. I don't know about that. Also, well, actually, that kind of sounds stupid, but it sounds cool in a campy way if it's a self-aware thing. This is the orphanage. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, this is an anime, Promise Neverland. Okay, yeah. One of the best. Uh, this, Like I said earlier, I think this is more a common thing in anime, but this is like an episode one reveal. So the episode one is just blah 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 here's the twist now the rest of the series all right next one meek teenager accused of murdering an archbishop is found not guilty due to insanity specifically dissociative personality disorder in which he turns into an aggressive and violent personality for self-protection it is revealed at the end that he does not have did and the shy teenager is just a fake persona oh that's so cool but i don't know I just don't like how much all of these rely on DID. Like, I don't, like, I don't know if that's the the modern diagnosis name for it, but like, you can't just have every movie be like, he was he was a loony boy. <laughs> like, come on. Well, that this one is kind of the opposite. He was. That's what I like about boy. it. That's what I like about it. Yeah. Yeah, there is that. So there, like, specifically the uh, d- personalities are called like um, Keith and Roy or something like that. And so the guy is like, so wait, like, there was no Roy or whatever, and he's like, no, there was no Keith, and like, that's the big like plot reveal or whatever. Um, so what is, uh... Oh, yeah, so this is, uh, Edward Norton's breakout role in Primal Fear in 1997. Little movie. The man the protagonist falls in love with died a year ago. He was the person that donated his heart for her transplant. Uh, Clue. This is the movie Last Christmas. I wasn't going to figure yeah. that out. Thanks, expect you to get that, but I just wanted to spoil that for our audience in case they wanted to watch that movie in Christmas time. All right. The title of the alien book denotes that it is not an instruction guide for aiding humanity, but a cookbook. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Do they do that in that? Not quite, but it seems they they really they flip flop twists in that book and be silly. So it feels like something that would have been said in one paragraph. Yeah, I did not. I did not base the twist on a one paragraph in a Douglas Adams. <laughs> the title of the alien book denotes that it is not an instruction guide for aiding humanity, but a cookbook. This has also been um, not homaged, but what do you call it? Directly done in the Twilight Zone and parodied in a Treehouse of Horror from The Simpsons, and they do a really funny job of it. Do you have any other clues? I don't think I know. Um, it's a book. It's a short story. I don't know. To Serve Man by Damon Knight. Never heard of it. So they they translate it and they're like, To Serve Man. Oh, they're here to help us. And then they find out it's a cookbook, To Serve Man. And then I think they do the uh, Green Aliens and Simpsons where they like have other parts of the title where it keeps making it go back and forth, whatever. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so you have to get these next two, right? Yeah. Okay, these are both kind of older movies, so I don't honestly know how this is going to go. But really quickly, here we go. <laughs> both movies with uh, dissociative identity disorder. So uh, here we go. The person harassing the main character doesn't exist. It was him all along. He has dissociative identity disorder. Oh, I don't know. That's so vague. But also, I think I might just not know it. I, I feel like this is a movie no one talks about, but it's called Secret Window. And it's Johnny Depp who his he leaves his wife after an affair 
and he like a, a rival author because he's an author like criticizes him for plagiarizing him and like harasses him and kills his dog and his other stuff and at the end of the movie you find out he just had did because his wife cheated on him which i feel like i don't know i don't i don't know how i feel about how these movies treat mental illness but there it is all right well i can't make a win uh but let's see what the last one is anyway the twist is the murderer is the little boy but the boy and the other 10 people in the movie are all one guy with dissociative identity identity disorder (laughs) you see what i mean you see what i mean about how like they just really relied on this as like a real crutch um pokemon this is a movie called identity from like the 80s or 90s um sorry paul I'm glad you didn't do what was that Hitchcock movie where it was like a trans person and he didn't find out till the end that it was it wasn't his mother it was oh him. yeah yeah that's psycho the psycho yeah that's another one where I uh, steered clear of didn't feel like you needed it in there okay cool 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 Big well facts, if it makes, if it makes you feel better I'm gonna go ahead and say I think you only missed it by one because I think you should get the prestige so you only failed by one okay thank you you're still I a loser appreciate- but you're you're a loser by one. You're as close to being a winner as you could be as a loser. Big facts, no cap. Big fact. When it comes to the twist, that's a dance. We don't need that in our media. Just tell a good story from beginning to end. Yeah, what are you, Chubby Checker? Didn't he also come out with a twist point two? Or part two, not point two. <laughs> he only <laughs> modified it very slightly. <laughs> this is just updates for like security. <laughs> Um, my no cap is that Socrates once said that all knowledge is recollection. So really nothing can be spoiled for you. All you can do is relearn what you already knew. Damn, that's some Dr. Nerd love shit right there. Here's the outro music. Let's go. Bye. Outro music. Black man episode ruin my man. Black man episode ruin my man. Click it, read the description. If it's a love story, pick something different. I should have known from the very first season. Couples fighting for some pretty good reasons. Happy home, go to hell, cause the tech shit. Well, my shit went to hell, cause of Netflix. So excited when y'all made the announcements. The episode should have came with some counseling. The Black Mirror episode ruined my marriage. The Black Mirror episode ruined my marriage. The Black Mirror episode I would try this a court case, a goddamn episode raised the divorce rate. This one episode broke my house. We was just sitting there quiet on the couch. It was a good 10 minutes, then it all went south. So goddamn heavy, couldn't open my mouth. Should've picked something else, anything else. Do the right thing, blue rag on the shelf or the bootleg table. Will Ferrell in Elf, cause now I gotta live for my goddamn self. Black man episode ruined my Shit